Okay, what do you think about brain drain in Africa? Brain drain is simply the loss of the best brains of a country to another country. And in the case of Africa, it's the loss of its best brains to the, to the West. So, for instance, you have, like in Kenya, the statistics show that between 1989 to 2008, the best performing Kenyan student in the high school exit exam, that is KCSE, where I was given a full scholarship to study at either Harvard or MIT, these are top-ranked universities in the United States and in the world. So the best student in the Kenyan high school exam, the KCSE, was given a full scholarship to study at either Harvard or MIT or Yale. So, and none of these students ever returned. So that's a brain drain at the high school level. Then you have the second level of brain drain at university where those who get first class honors are likely to receive scholarships to Western universities such as the Chevening Scholarship mostly to Britain universities because for America the admission system is, is such that it is easier to get to an, an undergraduate program and a doctorate PhD program rather than a master. So, most master students, uh, most bright first class honor students, that is grade A or GPA 3.5 and above in the American system, they actually admitted to British universities through such scholarships as the Rhodes Scholarship that's offered by the Oxford by Oxford University, or through the Chevening Scholarship in various top level UK universities. But again, also the doctorate level. Uh, that is where also the Ivy League universities offer scholarships to African students. So this brain drain begins right from high school to PhD to masters to PhD. And then there's the professionals also that live, like the professors, the doctors, the engineers. And especially the sector that is most affected is healthcare system, health sector, because it costs quite a lot to train a single doctor. In fact, to train a doctor, you need uh, five times more resources than to train a normal graduate of another field. So you need. So all these resources are being lost to the to the West. And someone, in fact, argues that brain drain from Africa is a supplement to the higher education budget of America. So that's how brain drain uh, how Africa's best friends leave Africa. A study shows there are over 40,000 PhDs that work outside Africa, that is doctors that work outside Africa. And another study shows there are more Malawian doctors in Manchester, England than in Malawi. So that just shows the doctors are living in large droughts from Malawi. And even though they send money back in form of remittances, uh, you can't not quantify the lost opportunity, the opportunity cost from brain drain. So, for instance, when a patient gets sick and does not attend work that day because there was no doctor or worse, uh, gets uh, dies, so you cannot quantify the opportunity cost of brain drain. And a Kenyan academic professor, Nick Wanjohi, who was my vice chancellor at the Vice Chancellor is basically the university president in American universities, who was my vice chancellor at 
JKWAT University, that is Professor Nick Wanjoe, he argues that a Kenyan and African migrant academic to the an African professional to the United States contributes 40 times more to the United States economy than to her home country in form of remittances. And so, and even then, what Africa needs are ideas and investments rather than uh, just money, sending money back home. Because this money they send back home is used for consumption mostly. But we need ideas and investments. For instance, the Israeli-Americans have been able to send back money home and build up Tel Aviv to be a formidable startup capital city in the world. So Tel Aviv now needs in such endeavors as cyber security and defense. Silicon Valley, I mean Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley trails Tel Aviv in cyber security and defense because of the investments of Israeli Americans into the text into the technology sector in Israel. So that's just an instance. We need ideas, investments and exposure more than we need just uh, raw money. And so that's uh, the version I hope that Africans African brains in America will build back companies, great companies back at home. So that's my take on brain drain. So brain drain, you have such brains as, for example, I'll just mention you have Funmi Olupadi, who is a breast cancer researcher, Nigerian-American, who is currently in America conducting research in breast cancer. She is a professor at the University of Michigan. You have Philip Meagwali, another Nigerian in the U.S., who is a co-inventor of the supercomputer after he modeled it after the bee honeycomb. Then you have Kenyan, of course, have violated all Kenyan students that topped the country's high school exams were admitted to either Harvard or MIT. So you have Kenyan students like Dennis Okumu Uma. Uh, you have John Gashora Mburu. You have Kerimania Moridzi, Mwashuma Nyata, Timothy Zairo, Samuel Gikandi, uh, Amit Monga, Darty Shampanti. Uh, Brian O'Dor. So all these brains are mentioning, all these names are mentioning are Kenyans that were admitted to either Harvard or MIT upon uh, completion of the high school because of the stellar academic performance they were given full scholarship and none has returned. Although the other question would be, will these brains have succeeded if they, they will have remained in Africa? So some view brain drain as more a uh, personal development than a patriotism issue. So they say it's better you develop yourself than being patriotic and you languish in poverty because the angle those classmates these brains left behind are languishing in poverty or just scrapping by with strikes all industrial strikes by African doctors and nurses and lecturers to all too common. So we also need to improve the capacity of African brains to to be able to get good salaries and have great working conditions. So that's just all. The, another solution that has been proposed is to FIFAize uh, brain drain. Because if a club acquires a player from another club, it pays a transfer fee. So uh, what this uh, rule essentially states is that a rich country should compensate poor countries for the brains they take from those poor countries. 
And so this will help show up the financial resources to train even more brains. And one country that is attempting to benefit from such an endeavor is Ethiopia because when it realized the nurses, Ethiopian nurses were in hot demand abroad, it increased the training of nurses by four times so that it can replenish its uh, nurses that leave and also to gain from uh, when such a transfer fee, a FIFA-like transfer fee is instituted. So that's basically my argument about brain drain and its pros and cons. Then let me move quickly through the uh, opinion pages and news around Africa, the world, and student newspapers. So startup news, I'll start with TechCrunch.com. Airtel Africa receives $100 million for its mobile money business from MasterCard. So MasterCard wants to purchase the mobile money business uh, department from Airtel Africa. I think Airtel Africa is facing some problems regarding penetration of mobile money in Africa with players like Safaricom in Kenya uh, controlling about 87% of the market then Airtel Africa sees maybe if it collaborates with uh, global companies like MasterCard it will be able to take on industry leaders like Safaricom or MTN. MTN. Another uh, Startup news from TechCrunch.com. Sendana has raised a $30 million fund of funds for venture capitals, managing $15 million or less. So this is a fund of funds, basically uh, getting funding for the low-tier low venture capital is, is, re, is severely limited. So this Sendana has raised a $30 million fund of funds for venture capitals, managing $15 million or less. So I think I may add a point here. Whereas, high, whereas the top level investments you could get a venture capital even for $30 million, or for the lower level investments you could get from microfinance institutions, the mid-tier high growth uh, segment lacks a credible venture capital um, market. So I guess that's why this Sendana has raised a $30 million fund of funds for VCs managing $15 million or less. Then another startup news, Spain's Global picks up $528 million as Europe's food delivery market continues to hot up. So food delivery market is one of the hottest trends right now because as people are locked down at home because of the many cities are around Europe that have instituted lockdowns and also because of a takeaway uh, directives that hotels merely be takeaways, serve takeaways, then I think food delivery market is, room, is, is offering a lot of opportunities for investment. So Spain's Global picks up $528 million as Europe's food delivery market continues to hot up. Then another Mm, startup news from TechCrunch.com. Colonies announces significant partnership with IBM to sell its process mining software. So IBM is moving from hardware to software to from hard computing to software. Remember, it sold its compute personal computing business to Lenovo. That's the Chinese computing giant, and so this just continues with IBM's trend towards
uh, software. So another uh, quick headlines from techinafrica.com. Nigeria's fintech accelerator selects five steps for third cohort. Although I don't, I don't think incubation is really gonna work. Let just the entrepreneur, entrepreneur go to the ground, hustle hard, and then the market is the one that selects the successful entrepreneur and the failure entrepreneur. You cannot, you cannot accelerate through an incubator. So I think this, I don't agree with this process of incubation. Then Nigerian InsureTech raises for $50,000 in pre-seed round. That is Nigerian InsureTech raises for 50000 in pre-seed round. So this follows another uh, Nigerian uh, fintech uh, startup, Flutterwave, which raised which raised $150 million for a billion dollars valuation. I think one of the few unicorns in Africa. Unicorn is a billion dollar uh, startup company. So Nigeria InsureTech raises for 50000 in pre-seed round. So I think many investors are looking at the Nigerian market as the entry to Africa because Nigeria has 200 million people. So that's a mouth-watering market. That is one in four. One in five Africans is a Nigerian, so you, you capture the Nigerian market, then you got a sizable chunk of the African market. Then we move to South Africa and invest in the nanosatellite development for maritime industry. So South Africa has a very large coastline, and I think this is in line with that. South Africa invests in nanosatellite development for the maritime industry. So let me move quickly to there. I'm through with the startup news, and the reason I begin with startup news is because my aim is to inculcate, inculcate or to instill a culture of business journalism in Africa because business journalism is way low in Africa. So I'll be choosing to start with uh, startup news so that we can, we can get a feel of business and investments in Africa, which I think is what Africa needs most rather than aid. So we go to opinion pages around Africa and the world and student newspapers. So iGambia.org, iGambia.org, police banned from searching the Queen's private estates for looted artifacts. So that is Queen's, that is Queen Elizabeth of England. So she is speculated she owns some artifacts. So police have been banned from searching the Queen's private estates for looted artifacts. Then another story from igambia.org meet the nigerian who succeeded after being mocked for deciding to study igbo language over law meet the nigerian who succeeded after being mocked for studying for deciding to study igbo language over law so this is not just a nigerian problem the study of the arts is coming under severe strain although i think it also shows the proud of the nigerian in is Igbo language, but I also think it's a general trend throughout the world that the study of Latin, Roman, Germanic languages and the arts in general is coming under severe strain because you need professions like law, medicine and engineering and business to put food on the table. So that's why it is a study of the arts is coming under severe strain. Then we move to South Sudan, Radio Tamazuj. South Sudan, Radio Tamazuj. 
President Kiir approves COVID-19 vaccine vaccinations for health workers starts. So President Salva Kiir of South Sudan approves COVID-19 vaccine then vaccinations for health workers starts. Then another story. War Health Institute graduates 30 midwives. War Health Institute graduates 30 midwives. And I think this is a step in the right direction because maternity, maternity, maternal deaths, and I think uh, high, that is women dying while delivering or babies being stillborn are high, are, are, are highest in Africa. So I think this is why Health Institute graduating 30 midwives is is something to celebrate. So digitalcongo.net for Nanga, the electoral official chief, it is possible to hold the elections in 2023 with or without reforms. So people like Martin Fayulu, the opposition leader, are calling for election reforms, but the electoral official uh, chief is calling that the elections will be held uh, in 2023 with without with or without the with or without reforms. So elections are a thorny issue in Africa, I guess. Every time there's an election, the electoral body, the referee always comes under scrutiny and it says it's possible to hold elections with or without reforms. Then we move to the Nigerian Guardian. That is, so there's an editorial there, short-sighted separatist agitators. That is, short-sighted separatist agitators. So the people who say Nigeria is an experiment that was dead on arrival. It was an experiment of Lord Lugard of Britain when in 1914 he joined North Nigeria, South Nigeria and the Lagos Protectorate to form the modern Nigerian state. And so many people are calling that this Nigerian experiment is dead on arrival and Nigeria needs to be split up. Even people like uh, Libyan President Muammar Gaddafi had called for Nigeria to be split up. And in fact, in 1968-69, the Bafrans in the southeast wanted to secede, and there's a lot of casualty. So we move to the New Times Rwanda. New Times Rwanda. So this is mostly a business-focused publication, so I'll concentrate on those stories. Caravan launched to foster agripreneurship among youth. The New Times Rwanda. Caravan launched to foster agripreneurship among youth. So that's, of course, they say, we should view agri agriculture more as a business than as a, uh, more as a business than a, as a passive pursuit. So if you view agri agriculture as agribusiness, we'll be able to keep records and we can borrow against uh, our records and our cash flow from the farm. And then we'll be able to mechanize our farms and we will generate more income because studies show that three in five jobs in Africa are generated from farming. So this will stop rural urban migration in a great way and curb social uh, is in urban places like crime and then another editorial from the new times rwanda sexual harassment policies at workplaces universities will help weed out the crime so there's sexual harassment policies 
at workplaces and universities. So if they are called out, if there are reflective policies, then sexual harassment will, see, will cease to exist in universities and workplaces. Then another, we go to Ivory Coast, that is Abidjan.net, Abidjan.net. ICC, Loro Bagbo, definitely, definitively acquitted by the appeals chamber trial. So you remember uh, Loro Bagbo was the president that was ousted by Alison Watara with the help of the French forces. So ICC has acquitted him indefinitely, uh, definitively. So, but coincidentally, Alison Watara himself has overstayed for an unlawful third term, even as he he, attempt, he removed Bagbo because Bagbo had refused to accept the election results. Then he moved to the Libyan Observer. Libya Observer. First batch of COVID-19 vaccines ready to be transported to Libya. And then date and term set for Libyan sovereign positions candidates. Candidacy. Date and term set for Libyan sovereign positions candidacy. So after Gaddafi was killed by the Obama-Hillary Clinton uh, military-industrial complex. After Gaddafi was killed by the Hillary Clinton and Obama military-industrial complex, then uh, Libya fell apart, and so they are trying to set uh, so militias uh, triumphed and ruled Libya like more like tribal uh, lords. So it's only now that the rule of law is beginning to set pace in, in Libya. Then another, we go to another country, Somalia. Iran Online. Iran Online. The world has vested interest in Somalia. Will it have to stop its collapse? The world has vested interest in Somalia. Will it act to stop its collapse? So Somalia is very strategic to the peace and stability of the Horn of Africa region and East Africa in general. So the world really has a vested interest and in fact Al-Shabaab has blossomed in Somalia because of lack of lawlessness, jobs. Jobs are not available so the youth in Somalia see Al-Shabaab joining Al-Shabaab and other militant groups as a way to earn a livelihood because they are paid to engage in terrorist activities. So it's upon the world to help Somalia stabilize. But coincidentally, even as Somalia is a is a by and large a uniform nation struggling to become a state, the rest of the world, most okay, Africa and most and other parts of the world are states rapidly trying to become nations like Somalia. So quite a paradox, each trying to go the same, uh, opposite direction. Then Ethiopia standard. Ethiopia, that is the Addis standard. That is Mekele city interim mayor resigns. Mekele interim, Mekele city interim mayor resigns. And then another one, border demarcation not our responsibility. Electoral board tells Somali region of Ethiopia. Border demarcation not our responsibility. So there's issues of electoral bodies in Africa. I think they come under heavy scrutiny because of the demarcation and size of the constituencies.
being the referee, being the election referee is pretty hard in Africa, I'm telling you. It's not as easy a job as in the West, because everyone wants to win. Because the more constituencies there are, if my region is subdivided, then it means if two MPs were battling for supremacy in the region and it is split, each MP, each one gets to be an MP. So you see why the issue of demarcation and splitting up of constituencies and electoral maps is a only issue in Africa. So then we move to Mail and Guardian, South Africa. That is Mail and Guardian, South Africa. Traditional recruitment is hurting young job seekers, not helping. Traditional recruitment is hurting young job seekers, not helping. So I'll just go on to read that editorial from Mail and Guardian, South Africa. Businesses should focus on developing the type of talent they need because those unicorns they are hoping to recruit are just that, fictitious. That is, businesses should focus on developing the type of talent they need because those unicorns they are hoping to recruit are just that, fictitious. So traditional recruitment, this is not the era of our parents. The era of the millennials, recruiting millennials is a very different ball game altogether. This one's, I think I agree with them, traditional recruitment is hurting young job seekers, that is millennials, it is not helping them. And then Africa America, AfroMnews.com. Africa America, AfroMnews.com. Affirmative action, diversity, or tokenism. Which way for African Americans? So, African Americans, of course, uh, big companies and allied institutions in America are all clamoring so that they be diverse and inclusive of blacks. But is this uh, helping really blacks to be included? It's affirmative action. Affirmative action helping African Americans or is viewing them as less qualified because I remember reading somewhere someone saying the view among uh, many Americans is that an affirmative action hire or an affirmative action admitted student is admitted less in quality, uh, has lower credentials than other people. So that's the bad side of affirmative action even as you aim to include them. Then Daily Nation Kenya. Clamping down on exam cheats will save education. Clamping down on exam cheats will save education. Any indication that exams are being leaked has to be acted upon quickly and ruthlessly. So Kenyan, Kenyan high school students are sitting their final high school exams, that is the exit high school exams, which will determine who joins which uh, which university and gets to pursue which degree course. So this uh, Daily Nation editorial is calling for clamping down on exam cheats that it will save the education quality. Then Stan is paper Kenya. Stan is paper Kenya. So I should mention that is full disclosure. I was a columnist here at the Stan is paper Kenya between 2012 and 2015. So that's a full disclosure. So this editorial is by Wycliffe Moga. This opinion piece is by Wycliffe Moga, the star and his paper can. Economic opportunity and infrastructure. Economic opportunity and infrastructure. Even when no direct revenues can be generated, infrastructure can still play a major role in promoting economic growth. 
So this is an opinion piece by Wycliffe Moga, who was my editor at the Star, at the Weekend Star, on Saturdays. So, economic opportunity and infrastructure. Even when no direct revenues can be, can be generated, infrastructure can still play a major role in promoting economic growth. So, uh, Wycliffe Moga calls for an investment infrastructure that it can play a leading role in economic growth. And I think also Biden in the United States has an infrastructure stimulus bill coming up. So they are reading from the same page. So we move to Daily Monitor, Uganda. Daily Monitor, Uganda. Youth need mentorship, not condemnation. Youth need mentorship, not condemnation. Then another editorial on the Daily Monitor, Uganda. We must insist on inclusion of Ugandan engineers to promote industrialization. There is a big gap that needs to be bridged between the breeding of young engineers and the job market, which is why I argued in my episode yesterday, in my podcast yesterday, that the engineer that is trained in class is the one to design, but what does she find in the field? It's about repair and maintenance. So she comes to the field to repair the design of a Western or Chinese or Japanese counterpart, and most likely she she was beating him or her in class. So I think until we begin to manufacture our own finished products, the market for engineers will be very dire, maybe except for civil engineers. But for electrical and mechanical engineers, then we have, we need the manufacturer the manufacturing sector to really spur up if we could. If we if these engineers are going to realize what they are going to apply what they have learned in class. Either they're going to become maintenance engineers, shift engineers or sales engineers for the products that are sourced from abroad. And I, I think that's one of the biggest wastage one of the biggest brain drains that we never talk about, that is of engineers never practicing their profession or never utilizing the skills they learned in school effectively because the job market doesn't just uh, need those skills. That's why some of them run to the West. And then another, so I'm through with the African opinion pieces and editorial. So we move international now. You go to Project Syndicate, that is Project Syndicate. China is missing from the Great Inflation Debate. China is increasing, is missing from the Great Inflation Debate by James K. Galbraith, who thinks economists who worry about excessive st- fiscal stimulus and overeating need to update their models. So China is missing from the Great Inflation Debate by James K. Galbraith, who thinks economists who worry about excessive physical stimulus and overheating need to update their models. Then another editorial on the project syndicate. Is the Asian century really here? Is the Asian century really here? By Ling Jong Hua. So Ling Jong Hua argues Asian, the, the Asian region will fail to achieve global dominance without unified collective leadership. Remember everyone has said the 21st century 
will be the Asian century. Okay, the pundits, although the pundits usually get it wrong most of the time, but that is an, that is a premise they make that the 21st century will be the Asian century. So this editorial and this opinion piece in there, Project Syndicate, if you read the opinion columns in newspapers, you must have come across a Project Syndicate article. So this Project Syndicate article is the Asian century really here. Ling Jong the, argues the region will fail to achieve global dominance without unified collective leadership. Then to the United States now, Breitbart News, Breitbart News. Biden administration, Biden infrastructure plan abandons right to work laws, does away with secret ballots and launches intimidating card check system. That is, Biden infrastructure plan abandons right to work laws, does away with secret ballots and launches intimidating card check system. So Breitbart News is a right sometimes even far-right publication, so, of course, it argues against the Biden infrastructure plan. Then that, then the Newsmax.com, Newsmax.com, so Katie McFarland, Katie McFarland argues special counsel must be appointed on Hunter Biden. That is, special counsel must be appointed on Hunter Biden, of course, Hunter Biden is, is known around because of the Ukraine scandal, where his father, that is the president, American president Joe Biden, said, "If you don't get me, if you don't give me this, if you don't get my son this contract, forget about a billion dollars." So that shows corruption is not just in Africa alone. All, all presidents in the world are wired towards corruption. Okay, let me take a sip. So move to Brazil, that is the Rio Times. Brazil, Rio Times. Six presidential candidates sign a manifesto in defense of democracy in Brazil. Six presidential candidates sign up a manifesto in defense of democracy in Brazil. Of course, that is against President Jair Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro is the ideological child of Donald Trump, so I guess they are arguing that Jair Bolsonaro is infringing on democracy ideals in Brazil because he's a very far-right president, uh, far more than uh, Rousseff that was there, or Lula da Silva. Then the Guardian, UK. Despite the civil report, number 10 Downing Street can no longer remain in denial about racism. So the Guardian, UK, it's editor, one of the opinion pieces. Despite the civil report, number 10 Downing Street, that is the Prime Minister, basically government, Boris Johnson, uh, Boris Johnson government can no longer remain in denial about racism. So racism, we saw it from the interview of uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle with Oprah Winfrey and they laid out to bear the racism in uh, Britain's royal family. So it seems the number 10 Downing Street, that is Boris Johnson government, is also not 
immune to racism. Then Japan Times, North Korea provokes in predictable ways. I guess by now you know the escapades of Kim Jong-un and he likes however, whichever and however way he wants it, he gets it. He gets to launch missiles left, right and center as an act of provocation. So we go to China Daily. China Daily. Nothing controversial about electoral reform. Nothing controversial about electoral reform. So this electoral reform is about Hong Kong election reforms. Hong Kong, basically when Britain was handing Hong Kong over to China, the deal was that it will be a two systems, one country policy. So Hong Kong gets to keep its democratic ideals while China continues to be a communist country. But now China wants to uh, rein in on Hong Kong because it wants people who are sympathetic to Chinese cause to be elected. So it gets to select even those candidates that will be elected. So they have to be pre-selected by Beijing before they can go on to hold an election so that they don't have a radical anti-Chinese Hong Kong premier. And then another editorial by China Dale. U.S. infrastructure plan needs to rival itself rather than China Belt Road Initiative, BRI. U.S. infrastructure plan needs to rival itself rather than Belt Road Initiative, BRI. So the U.S. infrastructure plan is the, the stimulus, the infrastructure stimulus bill announced by President Joe Biden that so this should not be a China containment measure. I guess that is what this China, China Daily Editor is arguing. Because the Belt Road Initiative, the uh, United States has always accused China that it is a conduit for China to colonize other countries through, they call it debt top diplomacy. Debt top diplomacy, where China gives you loans in exchange for your key assets as collateral and then it makes it possible it makes it easy in fact it longs that you default the loan so that it can take over the management of the key assets so that's what the, the united states foreign policy hawks are arguing also china counters that by saying the u.s infrastructure plan needs to rival itself other than China Belt Road Initiative, BRI. So we move to Times of India. COVID year in review. Four areas where India acquitted itself, acquitted itself well during the pandemic. So the COVID review, basically, COVID review, basically, we are talking about. So India is uh, conducting a review of itself on how it, it handled uh, COVID during the one year it has been, it was detected in India. Then, Middle East Eye. Middle East Eye, Israeli election, the far right is triumphant. The only obstacle left is Netanyahu. That is Middle East Eye, Israeli election, the far right is triumphant. The only obstacle left is Netanyahu. So Netanyahu has won four elections in two years. They are not conclusive, but he gets to be the longest-serving prime minister in Israel. 
then Russian, the Moscow Times.com. So you look at the Russian uh, auditorials, that is the Moscow Times.com. U.S. slashes visa services at consulates in Russia. U.S. slashes visa services at consulates in Russia. So that shows the deteriorating relationship, the declining friendship of the United States and Russia. Not that they have been friends anyway, but at least during Donald Trump's time, uh, Russia knew it had at least a sympathetic ear. But now under Biden, Russia knows that Biden will clamp down hard on Russia, and so so this uh, this will deteriorate relations between the country and so the U.S. slashes visa services at consulates in Russia. Then we we'll look at German newspapers. So the local that's an English language online publication. Family doctors in Germany to begin offering COVID-19 jobs as vaccine campaign speeds up. That is, family doctors in Germany to begin offering COVID-19 jobs as vaccine campaign speeds up. In Australia, Australian.com, why aren't we giving homegrown vaccines a shot? So they want an, another set of vaccines apart from Pfizer, AstraZeneca, BioNTech, and Johnson and Johnson. So why aren't we giving Homegrown vaccines, a short argues, an editorial in the Australian Australian newspaper, australian.com. Then we go to the last of the international newspapers I've analyzed, that is Jerusalem Post. Jerusalem Post. Pfizer, BioNTech, COVID-19 short at 91% effective. Pfizer, BioNTech, COVID-19 short at 91% effective. Then another editorial in the Jerusalem Post, COVID-19 words shutting down across Israel due to rapid vaccination. So it seems vaccinations in Israel are having a positive effect as there are no longer people in the words. So vaccinations in Israel are, are what we call herd immunity is being achieved through rapid vaccination and so there are no more people in there there are very few people left in the in the world so that's it for the international for the africa and international opinion pages so a quick scan through the student newspaper so duke chronicle duke chronicle that is the student newspaper of duke university that is north carolina and the united states Good enough for Fauci, good enough for Duke. A call for in-person commencement. So if the vaccine is good for Fauci, Fauci is the director of infectious diseases in America and is the face of coronavirus in America, of fighting coronavirus in America. So this editorial is arguing that if people have been vaccinated, they should be allowed to attend graduation in person. Graduation is basically commencement. In America. So that student, then we go to the student newspaper of Princeton University, that is the Daily Princetonian. The Daily Princetonian. Eight papers, eight women. Ivy League editors in chief reflect on historic milestone. For the first time, female presenting editors in chief 
are leading all eight Ivy League papers. Daily Princetonian interviews them. So all the eight Ivy League uh, students' papers, the chief uh, editors in chiefs are female. So that's a milestone, I guess. That's a milestone, a big milestone. Hopefully this will be transferred to the, I don't think it is the same uh, ratio in the American newsrooms. I think in the American newsrooms it is more, mostly male dominated where the editors are male. Then the Stanford Daily. Stanford Daily. Stanford Daily. Letter to admin on transparency and special circumstances housing. So the Stanford Daily guess is basically calling for transparency because some students wish to be accommodated in the Stanford hostels. So in the Stanford residential houses. So it's calling for accountability and transparency. And then a student reveals how it is hard to disclose a disability in the virtual world because as students as requirements for social distancing surface then students had to learn students had to learn virtually so we decided to disclose a disability for a student to disclose a disability while learning virtually then we move to Yale Daily News how to prevent suicide tendencies. So this time of COVID-19, a lot of mental health issues are coming up. So from the year daily news, I pick this one, how to prevent suicide tendencies. Then from Harvard Crimson, that is the student paper of Harvard University, Harvard Crimson, Harvard Business School names winners of new venture competition. That is Harvard Business School names winners of new venture competition. Although as I've said, the only way to know an entrepreneur, the true mark of an entrepreneur, is to let them go to the ground, fail, and then let them achieve initial sales and then reward them after that. But giving them an adventure competition when they have not tested the field, I don't think it's the best way to determine the caliber of an entrepreneur. They need at least to have failed in the real physical world because even remember, some thesis, like for example, that is Fred, Fred Smith, I think he was a student at Yale School of Management. Fred Smith is the chairman of FedEx. I think he was given a grade C, which is just below average. Grade C in his, this FedEx he presented us, FedEx is the logistics company, logistics, uh, logistics company which competes with the likes of DHL. So this Fred, Fred Smith presented FedEx as his thesis. Then he was failed, he was given a grade C, but it has turned out to be a multi-billion dollar corporation. So you can see how these venture competitions make nonsense of what's uh, happening in the practical world. And then another, so that's just my two cents. Harvard Medical School researchers identify COVID-19 mutation that makes variants more contagious. Harvard Medical School researchers identify COVID-19 mutations that makes variants
more contagious. So Harvard Medical School identifies uh, Harvard Medical School researchers identify COVID-19 mutation that makes variants more contagious. So those contagious variants are like the South African variant, Brazil variant, even the American variant. There are so many variants right now that are mutating. So those those researchers are identifying how that mutation takes place. Then graduate Howard Graduate School of Education plans to reopen campus in fall. Resume doctoral admissions. Then Howard Graduate School of Education plans to Howard Graduate School of Education plans to reopen campus in fall. Resume doctoral admissions. And then uh, another opinion piece in the Howard Crimson. Harvard is a club that perpetuates privilege. So some people join, basically, people are joining Harvard because of connections, not because of scholarship, because of connections, because this soon-to-be, future-to-be CEO, future-to-be a public office senator, president, congressman, or congresswoman. So people are joining Harvard because of those connections, not because they want uh, to study or to get an academics or for scholarship. So there's a paper that argues that Harvard is merely a place where privilege begets privilege. And the Harvard is just a brand. It is selling a brand, not of education, not of academics, but a brand of connections. So, but it argues that these connections is more favorable to the students with an upper class private uh, private prep schools than the uh, poor students. So poor students don't have the same experience as the wealthy students. Poor Harvard students don't have the same wealthy, the same experience as the wealthy Harvard students. So you have different, very different outcomes in these Harvard students. In fact, I think there's a final club at Harvard that Okay, this is a rumor that I had. That is a final club at Harvard which says if you don't make a million dollars by the time you are 30, they'll give it to you. So you can see the kind of materialism that goes on at Harvard. That if you don't make a million dollars by the time you are 30, the final Harvard final club will give the million dollars to you. So that's a myth that goes on for, for that is perpetuated out there. Then the Brown Daily Herald. Brown Daily Herald is a student publication of Brown University. So Hong class of 2024. Hong class of 2024. Brown should require COVID-19 vaccinations for the fall. That is, Brown should require COVID-19 vaccinations for the fall. And then the Oxford student. The Oxford students reclaim the streets, reclaim language. The issue is how, with how we talk about sexual harassment. So they have the same editorial as the New Times of Rwanda, which, which calls for strong policies against sexual harassment in the workplace and in the universities. Then the Cambridge student, why we should read the arts. Why you should read the arts. 
why we should read the classics or why you should read the classics so I get very happy when I see even though I'm a mechanical engineering graduate I get very happy when I see when I see there's a strong defender of the arts because we should study also the arts as much as we study we study science, technology, engineering and mathematics because the study of arts tells us who we are as a people, who we are as a society. And so we shouldn't just uh, throw away it. We shouldn't just discard the arts in our university. Otherwise, it will make for very miserable and serious students. So that's it for the students and uh, newspapers. So I'll take another editorial for Africa. So that's it about the student newspapers. I'll take another editorial for Africa. So I'll say, why isn't there, why is it that there are African engineers at Microsoft, Google, there are African engineers, African coders, African programmers at Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, and yet there are no African versions of these companies. Then it means Africa has the talent, but minus the systems to propagate this talent to the top, to rise to the global stardom levels. It is the same way in football as in careers. In football in 2018, France won the World Cup with an all-black squad. Those players were from Cameroon, immigrants from Cameroon, from Guinea, from Senegal, and yet no African team has ever lifted the World Cup. So this again shows Africa the talent minus the system to make this talent rise to a global stardom. So that's why we find we excel in Africans excel in places where systems have been already set up, but not where they have to begin that setting up the systems themselves. So that's why it's imperative that African governments develop systems to nurture the best and brightest talent in careers, business, sports, politics, leadership, uh, public service, and all endeavors. So you can get all these ideas in my book, that is the New Africa Rising. That is the New Africa Rising by Collins Mabindo Kango. It's available on Amazon.com for only $4.99. That is the New Africa Rising by Collins Mabindo Kango. It's available on Amazon.com for only $4.99. So I've attached a link at the top. Just copy and paste it into a browser and begin reading the first 20 pages for free. So in the book I basically address how Africa can move from being the periphery of the world, I call Africa the 1% continent. So how can this 1% continent move from being the 1% continent to the 70% continent, contributing 70% to the global economic output. And this is simply by producing what we consume and consuming what we produce. So if we value add, we will create 150 times more wealth than what we create at present. So that means if Africa is 1.1, trillion dollars right now GDP it should be 150 trillion dollars GDP of course that makes me a very mad person for even suggesting that Africa should be seven times larger than the economy of the United States when Africa is basically a basket case in most people's mind it's a place of war, disease, poverty, uh, illiteracy, name all the ills but I believe once we fix uh, once we avail business capital, because I think the next chapter in Africa growth is availing, in the, in the next chapter in Africa miracle story is in availing, uh, availing 
uh, the right capital to the creative genius entrepreneurs. I believe it is the creative genius entrepreneurs that will lift Africa up. I don't have faith in our politicians, I'm sorry to say. I think it's the creative genius entrepreneurs that will unlock trillion dollars worth, multi-trillion dollars worth that we will never that we never thought was possible. So that's what I address in my book and basically I say there's nothing as powerful as an idea of same as come. And an idea of same as come is for Africa to move from being the cotton race of the world that it has been for the last five hundred years and move to be the front, center and main act of the world. So you can get these ideas in my book, that is The New Africa Rising. The New Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango. It's available on Amazon.com for only $4.99. You can have attached the link at the top, just copy and paste it into a browser and begin reading the first 20 pages for free. And if you like the feel and outlook of the book, make a purchase for only $4.99. You can also visit my website www.mabinda.com. That is www.mabinda.com, where we can engage more issues on Africa, business, technology, and the world. Thank you so much for being an avid listener and tune again in the next five hours for another episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener. Till next time, goodbye. Thank you.